One of my goals today, as we study the Word of God together, is to uh, tie up loose ends and, and to put a bow on how we've been celebrating the feasts and the festivals of the Lord. Uh, as we come to the end of Sukkot, of course, we've had the seven-day festival, and then we've had uh, Shemini Atzeret, which is the eighth-day sacred assembly and Sabbath, uh, and then we get into Simchat Torah, which is the day after that. Now, you may be saying to yourself, I thought it was a, a seven-day festival. Why is there an eighth-day commanded assembly? Uh, is the eighth-day part of Sukkot? Well, let me read you the uh, original passage from Leviticus chapter 23, Verse 36, these are the original instructions. For seven days present food offerings to the Lord, and on the eighth day hold a sacred assembly and present a food offering to the Lord. It is the closing special assembly, do no regular work. Now if you were to cross-reference that from Leviticus 23 with Numbers 29, Deuteronomy 16, they're all going to repeat the same thing. It is a seven-day festival. But there's a Sabbath on day one and day eight. And one of the things we've been focusing on during this fall season is the theme of new creation. And I really want to hammer that theme home today as we study the Word of God for just a few minutes together. Now, we know that over the last weeks, we've read the original text. We've looked at how all of the feasts and festivals connect with Yeshua and His life and His work on the earth and how they look into the future on the prophetic timeline. If you happen to have missed any of that explanation for the prophetic timeline of each feast and festival and how it, uh, it connects us with the, the age or the timing of the age that we're living in right now, you can go back to either our Yom Teruah, which is the Feast of Trumpet service on the archives, maybe our Yom Kippur Day of Atonement service on the archives, or even last week, I thought Pastor Ray really laid it out pretty well for us. So go back in the archives. I don't uh, have time today to repeat all of that since we've already covered it together. Let's get to this eighth day. It's a sacred assembly. Um, we know it's a Sabbath day as well. And then it kicks in uh, what we call Simchat Torah, or the celebration, the rejoicing over the scriptures, over the Torah. Uh, after the eighth day of Sukkot, then there is a traditional ninth day. And this is important to all of us because this is where we roll the scrolls back of, from Deuteronomy's reading all the way back to Genesis. So today, thank you, Pastor Mike, he was able to read for us the final parasha of the year. And now we would roll our scrolls back. And since we finish a book, what we do uh, here in Israel and through our uh, Messianic Jewish traditions, we say, Chazak, Chazak, Venit Chazek. Be strong, be strong, and may you be strengthened as you continue reading the Word of God this year. Now, speaking of this new creation theme, that's a good segue because it's the start of a new season, which was yesterday started the new season of reading at Simchat Torah. The scrolls are back to Genesis. We read the very opening creation accounts. So not only are we starting a new reading cycle, but now we're back to reading about the first creation. That's the new creation theme we see uh, as we conclude Sukkot. We also want to point out one important possibility. Sukkot is the festival of ingathering and festival of dwelling. We build the sukkah or the tabernacles. And we know that in the age to come, it says in Revelation 21 that God himself will come and dwell 
with his people. And we often look at that and look at all the symbolism of the festival days and all of that they can mean to us. One of the things we noted um, was that Sukkot might possibly be the day in which our Lord Yeshua was born on the earth because it's, it fits many, uh, many elements of God dwelling with man, the command to call him Emmanuel, God with us. We looked at the timing of Zechariah in the temple on his, uh, his annual order and when he was scheduled along with when the angel visits him and Elizabeth's pregnancy and, and Miriam or Mary's pregnancy, the birth of Yeshua, how it all lines up, uh, the pilgrimage festival of Sukkot, the census that was taken, the commandments of Sukkot not to come empty-handed before the Lord. We saw that the shepherds and the magi, they came with gifts in their hands, the, the symbolism of living outside in shelters and the Lord was born outside in a temporary shelter. The, the theme of seeing the stars is big in Sukkot. And of course, we know that the, those that were led by the stars to the birth of Messiah. There's a lot of correlating things that make it a possibility that Yeshua came to dwell with us around the festival of Sukkot. So that would all obviously be another new beginning, a new creation. The first time, even though Yeshua has been with us many times in the scriptures, this would be the first time that God has placed him, Himself and His Spirit to be birthed into humanity. So that certainly is a new creation theme as well. We also mentioned that as we close out Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, it symbolizes for us prophetically the last days of the age, the final judgment. And remember that it was at Yom Kippur that we announce the year of Jubilee. This is when all debts are forgiven and the slaves are released. You see, that sounds like the Day of Atonement to me. And then we are launched into the Jubilee year. And since we said that Sukkot symbolizes that age of Jubilee, we understand why the commandments of Sukkot include inside of them the commandment to rejoice because we will be in a Jubilee age at that point. So, so many elements of new creation, of, of newness and freshness that we can see in the prophetic timeline of the Lord. I might also just point your attention for a moment as we get into that age to come, as, as we get into that symbolic age of Sukkot, we have a lot of new creation themes continued. How about this? The old heaven and old earth pass away. We get a new earth, a new heaven. We get a new Jerusalem. We get our new redeemed bodies. You see, this theme of new creation is, is very thick uh, when we talk about the Feast of Tabernacles. Let me read you this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 starting in verse 14, it picks up some of these themes. For Yeshua and His love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded the Messiah in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in the Messiah, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Notice, we are told here that once we're in Messiah, we're a new creation, 
and we no longer live for ourselves. Let me throw this at you. Yet another part of being part of the new creation is this, that we are given a new purpose. So new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. We are given the new, the new age to come, if you will. We're given our new bodies, and we're told not to live for ourselves, but we're given a new purpose. God dwelling with man, whether it was in the form of Yeshua during Sukkot being born, but certainly it is uh, symbolized in the age to come. But now we have a new purpose. And that's not it. That's not the last of the new creations, a new reading cycle. Again, all of these things underscored as part of the new creation during the feast of Sukkot. But did you know there was an order? There's an old order of things. And we also are told that, that there will be a new order of things. Let me read this to you from um, the book of Revelation 21, as I mentioned before. Let me read the first five verses, Revelation 21, first five verses, for you to see the backdrop of this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among His people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them, and He will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You see, again, after the final judgment of Yom Kippur, symbolically, we move into the Sukkot age, the age of Jubilee, where God makes all things new, including the order of how things work. All things are made new. So not just new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, new bodies, a new purpose, God dwelling with mankind, a new reading cycle, uh, the, the age to come that's newness in and of itself. But also now uh, we see that, that we have this new order that God is giving to us. And we might say, well, well what is this new order? How, how does it impact my life? What does it mean? How can I take away from today's lesson something regarding learning about this new order? Well, the new order really is a reference to what once was. Remember when Adam and Eve were in the garden with the Lord before sin had entered their, their spirits and had entered the world, the order of the world was very different than it is now. There's lots of uh, pictures painted in the Bible uh, about how that might have looked, whether it was the, the earth was watered every day with the dew of the morning, all of the plants and the, and the crops would grow every month. So we had 12 harvests out of the year. Certainly we had an abundance of food. We walked with God in the garden in the cool of the day. Every day there was no separation between us and Him. You see, these are the things that we long to be part of in the age to come. And Adam and Eve had experienced them for a short time before sin. But let me bring this home to you in terms of some application and what in the new order, in the new creation, how will it impact us? How will we act differently? How will we think differently in the age to come? 
You might already have ideas of what it will be like, and oftentimes my children tell me what they think heaven will be like with all of its gold and its colors and, and people bowing down and worshiping the Lord, and certainly all of that is going to happen. But that's not all that will happen. You see, when God created the heavens and the earth, He had a purpose for it, and He has a purpose for us to learn on this earth how to rule and reign with Him in the age to come. And we know that that is also our future destiny for which we are being prepared now. But in some respects, that newness that we're talking about in the age to come is a throwback to some of the things that Adam and Eve experienced. How about this? What will it feel like to have a new created body without sin? What will it be like to have a world without pain? What about having a world where we have a perfect leader who never has an alternative agenda or an ulterior motive? What would that be like? To trust your leader, your, your King, Lord Yeshua, without ever sensing He has an alternative agenda. What about an, uh, seeing a planet? Remember, this is a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, so it's physical. What about a new planet and a new city that has never seen the effects of death or sin? Wouldn't you like to live in a world that has no selfishness? You'd never be put in a position to protect yourself or to second-guess your neighbor because you know that not only is God your leader perfect, but the, the people around you have no selfishness in their spirit anymore. There's no selfishness there. This idea struck me this week when I was thinking about, Lord, teach me more. Help me to learn more during the feasts and festivals. And, and I felt like the Spirit tapped me and said, listen, in the age to come, won't it be great when all wisdom that the Lord gives you can be absorbed at a miraculous rate? Think about how hard it is to study right now. And uh, I know that my wife and I and our children, we, of course, we study Hebrew. We try to absorb the language as much as we can. But after you get past a certain age, learning a new language is tough. But imagine being in a world, this new created state, where wisdom is absorbed at a miraculous rate. That's going to be exciting. Imagine being in the new creation where communication happens without the pain of the past, without anything poisoning our relationships from the past, having that kind of open and clear, loving communication with everyone. You see, we're going to be able to embrace the idea for which we were created to be stewards out of selflessness. We have no agenda other than to serve God and, and follow out His commands. To, to be the creation we were created to be, to be stewards of His creation without agendas, just the agenda to glorify God and to bring it the creation to its fullness. Imagine a world like that. Imagine the new creation that way, symbolized through the festival of Sukkot. How about this one? Our creativity. Now, we know that God is a creative God and we're made in His image and we're certainly made with creativity. But on this earth, one of the tragedies is this. The more creative we get, the more Satan uses that creativity and perverts it. He takes the good things of God, the good things God has created, the, the ideas, the inventions that man has come up with through the empowerment of the Spirit of God, and he takes them and he twists them and he perverts them. And anything good that was created, Satan tries to use that good for evil. Imagine being in a world where all of our creativity is not met with perversion. It's met with the purity of glorifying God with our creativity. That's going to be a fun creation. You see, this is the new creation, the new heaven, 
the new earth, the new Jerusalem, the new bodies, the new purpose, the new reading cycle helps us to symbolize that. The new ideas, the way we absorb wisdom, the way we glorify God, the way we think, the way we speak, the way we communicate, all things will be made new. And that's what I'm talking about when I say the old order has passed away according to the scriptures. All things have been made new right down to the way you think and the way you process information. These are great pieces of news. This is great news for us. Don't lose sight of what God is trying to show us through the Feast of Tabernacles. These are the things He's trying to show us for the Jubilee age, the age to come. I'll close with a key phrase today. Sukkot is not just a holiday about the past, but it is the imagery of the destiny of all believers. I could say it a different way. I can say that Sukkot helps us understand what it will be like in the future and what all of us as believers were called to be. Again, Sukkot is not just a holiday about the past, but it is the imagery of the destiny of all believers. I hope this blesses you today. Let me close you in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to seal up these words. Heavenly Father, we just always love you. We all are always grateful and appreciative of your word, how it impacts our life. Let us never lose sight of the big picture. What is it that you're trying to paint in front of us? What is it that you're trying to reveal to us through these feasts and festivals throughout the year? We certainly embrace the return of the Messiah with the trumpets, the day of atonement, and the, and the judgment seat that we'll be in front of. And we also rejoice in the age to come. That jubilee will be announced. Debts are forgiven. The slaves, the captives are set free. And we have this new body, this new world, this new order. God, let us never forget that that's what we're being trained for right now. With the fruit of the Spirit and our character growth, we're being prepared to rule and reign with you in the age to come. Thank you for this new creation. Thank you for the hope that not everything we fight against right now, whether it's sickness, disease, disappointment, depression, principalities and powers, none of that will follow us into the new creation. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be a part of this today. Help us to prepare. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Guys, listen, we're so grateful you connected today. Stay connected with all of our classes and courses and prayer meetings and small groups this week. We're going to go out with some worship. We hope you've had a great holiday season.